This week, I'm joined by Jake Robinson, a business advisor with Thrive. Thrive focuses on improving online presence and building brands for local businesses. Jake focuses specifically on local businesses in Maine. We talk a lot about things you may have heard before, CRMs, SEO, websites, online invoicing, managing your whole business online and what that looks like. There's a lot of people that may be scared of that whole process, but Jake makes it super easy. I think you'll really enjoy a lot of what he has to say. So this is the Randy Forcier podcast. Show me some support by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or Amazon. And if you could do me a favor, follow us on social media. Podcast is on Instagram and Facebook. So thank you so much for listening. Appreciate all the support. Here's Jake. So Jake, you are a business consultant with Thrive. You have this awesome saying that I love. It's what's better than getting famous, local famous. Talk to me about that. What does that mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. I'm glad that that's had some staying power just because it's kind of came up with that randomly, but now it sticks. But (laughs) yeah, I think the reason I... I kind of chose that is because, you know, the business that I'm in is helping small businesses with digital marketing and software to run businesses better. But, you know, famous is not just about being everywhere. It's about being well-liked and being respected in your community and local famous even more. So you think of, you know, people that are not just successful business-wise, but are, are you know, kind of like the mayor of, the, of their own town. So yeah, local famous fit, fit pretty well that's what you're trying to do with businesses. That's what they hire you to do is make them local famous. Exactly. Yeah. And that means everything from, you know, getting a bigger presence just so they can get found for the thing that they do or communicating a little bit better with their customer base or or really just, you know, making people that are excited about them even more excited. So, yeah. yeah. And you do that with Thrive. So why don't we talk about what Thrive is? Sure. Can you tell me a little bit more about Thrive? Yeah. Happy to. Man, Thrive is so cool. It's a, it's a bigger company but we only work with small businesses that are pretty focused on the local footprint for the service that they offer. And it's an interesting mashup of a software company. Many, many of us, many of the folks you probably interview use their day-to-day in their life, their business. We have a customer relationship management platform, which is kind of mashed up with our brand center. So we we also help with things like websites and social media and, and online presence in a bigger way. And it's a really unique approach and it kind of stems from wanting to help folks get more attention and excitement, new customers coming in and making the customer feel as excited about that process from start to finish all the way to the great review at the end. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a lofty goal for the company, but it puts me in front of some really interesting people that are right in the community that I see in the grocery store. And it's very, very wholesome and rewarding for that work. Yeah, I bet. I imagine most small businesses don't have the capital to dedicate to someone doing what you're talking about, or they just don't have the understanding of how this digital marketing works. So you're able to fill that need for them. Do you find most people disregard that in their own business? I don't think most people disregard it as much as it's just a lot to wrap your head around. And also it changes quite a bit too. So, you know, one of the nice things I like about the work that we do is that we're pretty comfortable with the idea of getting outgrown people moving on from us because we really only work within a certain size. And it's just this like awesome moment where you, you know, you meet folks that some of which I meet, you know, they're, they're very analog. They've never really done anything in the cloud or use software to run the business. And some of them are pretty comfortable in there, but they've got a very sort of small need and they're looking around and there's just, you know, this hurricane of options for software for every single business that's out there. And you just get this like overload fatigue 
So I, I end up meeting people that, you know, they, they, they definitely appreciate that it might help them, but they've either been burned or they just don't want to take the time. It's very valuable to try to sit down and sort everything out. So Thrive is really good. It fits in this niche where people can use this as a great tool to springboard and what might be next. What is Thrive most known for? Thrive is most known for the actual platform that is the, the app, you know, the namesake for the company. It's a software app. It just goes on your phone, you can use it on your computer, and it helps manage clients and scheduling and invoicing and your sort of just basic Google presence, things like that. And that, that's what most people know us for, I think, is for that, that standalone app for small businesses. Now, Thrive's also related to the Yellow Pages. Sort of, yeah. If you think about it that way, I mean, it's a, Thrive is a, is a fairly new company in the last 10 years. It's not quite a startup. But one of the things that Thrive is, has helped sort of build a strong foundation for the company is that it bought the Yellow Pages, the brand, the, yeah. the, uh, the channel a long time ago. And in the beginning, that was really critical because it helped fund a company like Thrive that's a software as a service company that's in a very competitive space without having to go raise a bunch of VC capital and take on a lot of investors. And as a result, that original customer base, you know, taking a lot of folks that same thing I just said, you know, they were kind of analog or they hadn't really gotten into it and, uh, you know, help kind of bring in a, a pretty easy to use platform for some of those clients. And, and also for everybody else, it just meant that we didn't have to add features or, you know, chase, chase a particular growth pattern that didn't really match our client base from the beginning. That funding piece was just critical for helping us get. Yeah, that's probably been less and less a part of Thrive's business. Yeah. I mean, or, it's, not, it's yeah. not really, I wouldn't say I'm it's taking really part of the business. You know, there's definitely like a, there's a, there's an audience there. It's, it's unsurprisingly like it's, you know, 62, I think now and up are the folks that get yeah. direct mail, yellow pages, yeah. but yeah, it's not really, it's not really a big part of it. So it served a purpose at the time and Thrive is yeah. kind of taken off. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I think we've talked about before is the idea of ads and Google. And that whole process is very overwhelming to me, but you guys are able to manipulate that and get companies showing up at the top of Google. That's very important, I assume. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's a phrase I mean, you hear about this so much, like get, get your business to the first spot on Google. And I even talked about it in a BNI roundtable recently on digital marketing and marketing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just such a snake oily sounding field, this whole Google <laughs> world. And at the end of the day, the part that I like the most is that really locality and the local famous part is what makes the biggest difference. So Thrive's, you know, angle is if you've got a great, like organic, natural presence, like you got a great business, you're likable and, you know, you're, you're trying you're trying to reach out to a community online through facebook or, or linkedin or whatever you've got your website and it's decently organized you've sort of set up shop on the map so to speak google or elsewhere with your listings and then last but not least is the review piece of that you know the the validation that you know you're not just saying you're the greatest you got people around you that are, that are vouching for you once you take that and then you add on to that the services which digital marketing companies tend to overmarket towards small businesses like search engine marketing or optimization yep. all that stuff works a lot better so yep we definitely do work in that advertising space as well where are you aggregating reviews are you just trying to get people reviews on google is there a component to the website that thrive provides that aggregates those reviews how does that part work 
Man, I love you just asked this question because it's such a snarled corner of the marketing world. You know, reviews is no secret. It's a big, big deal for being able to be found and chosen by not just robots, but by people, you know, consumers. Mm -hmm. And Thrive has really been dedicated to helping generate reviews through just good, honest campaigns with natural language from the business owner that drives the customer to very easily leave reviews on Google. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is, it's tough because there's a lot of ways to leave reviews, you know, on sort of proprietary sites that you can link on your own website. But at the end of the day, those things don't really have a big effect on yeah. a consumer's choice. And Google really, you know, as much as we love to, you know, poke fun at Google, it's it's the most trusted place people go to look for like a local service provider. So yeah. Google, 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 to answer your question on the reviews, yeah. Well, it's an interesting thought because, in the mortgage business that I'm in, it's very important to have reviews as well, but there's an ongoing discussion about where it makes the most sense to have those reviews. And we had a proprietary site before called LendAid and you know, we would have customers leave reviews there, but I got to the point that I was like, how is that helping my business? It's not like people are going to this specific website and they're really going to Google and Zillow. And I've made a point to focus on, at least in my business, Zillow is a place that home buyers go and it makes sense to have a good review presence there. And I've since shifted to Google, but I can see a lot of value in that as that can actually drive people to finding your business online. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the validation from like real people and you know, there's the difference between like a rating and a review. That's why you go to some restaurants and you're like, Oh my God, this place has like 4,000 reviews. Who is writing all these reviews? And the answer is people aren't really writing reviews most of the time for some of those bigger volume businesses. Just ratings. They're rating. And, and that's good. That's that's worthwhile. That's a quicker way to get it done. But yeah, to your point, you know, the the Google tends to be the place that people go and they're going to start reading a bit more. They might end their search on Google, but they also might not. They might start there to find what's available to them. And then as they mm -hmm. read deeper, you know, the things that we we appreciate as consumers, Google also sees through their again their robot algorithms. It, yeah. Dorky math is that, you know, they see that when, you know, a business owner responds to a review with more than just a thank you customer, we appreciate your business, mm -hmm. you know, that, that gets a little extra bump. If, if it's a review that mentions like somebody by name at the business and that they live in the really? area that the, the, you know, the service is being offered, they even mention maybe one of the services by name, you know, as opposed to just, I work for this company, it was great, but, you know, I hired them for their roof cleaning. And it was really, really valuable. It made a big difference. Thank you so much, Scott. Giving mm -hmm. a shout out here for Shingle Rescue. Up, Scott. And yep. former, former guest on your show. And Absolutely. The IRS inside. But, you know, those kinds of things matter a lot because they matter to us. You know, if I see that there's a bunch of reviews and people know the owner by name, I'm like, all right, this feels, this feels Yeah, that means something. Yeah. Does that translate to better search results, though, as well? You made it seem like it's a thing that Google factors into their algorithm. And those are things that I've never heard before. The idea of responding to reviews, which I think is just good business anyways, but the fact that that's quantifiable in maybe search results and then also mentioning people's names and where they're located, that's kind of mind blowing stuff to me. I shouldn't be surprised, I guess. No, I mean, honestly, I, I won't pretend like companies like ours know entirely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Google does not teach everybody how their, you know, their system works because people would just abuse it. But, you know, we have collective reporting from a lot of different agencies that get together and say, you know, we made these big efforts in 2022 and we're seeing the results collectively that when we do have review campaigns that produce meaningful, wholesome content on the review itself, 
we notice that our clients are seeing a better, you know, a better traction on climbing up the list. So hard to say exactly, but yeah, it's, it's also like, what's the harm in doing it that way? Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of the other things you mentioned is search engine optimization. I know you guys don't specialize in this a lot, but I feel like that's a buzzword in business over the past couple of years that people are like, get a focus on your SEO, search engine optimization. What discussions do you have around that with people? Yeah, one thing I'd say is I, I do think we specialize in this. I, I probably don't talk about it as much as I should because I find it to be a very confusing subject for a lot of people. And and I think it's unfortunate because it is so similar to the way that you and I meet people through referral networks. You know, the search engine optimization would be the, the counter to the search engine marketing, which is just very unfortunate names they've given these two things. They're both awful and they need to be, you know, just discontinued forever. But you know, the idea of SEO is how does your website or a page or your presence become chosen to be referred to first, or at least in the short list by something like Google or Bing or Yelp, you know, how can you make your brand attractive enough to the right request to be shown first, to be trusted, to be shown first. And that's the reason why it sounds so complex is because it kind of is, it's not really an algorithm that you, people use to choose these things. So in a more technical sense, SEO is a, a typically a managed service that's used to help a client make a concerted effort to improve their online presence, make it easier to want to choose them and seek them out, you know, happening with websites or social media, the Google business profile is huge for local businesses, but I'll tell you the that's conversation. I don't think a Google profile is something that I try to manage or have any activity on, but that's something you recommend people do? It is by the numbers, probably the most cost-effective and highest impact work that a small business, if you do something locally, if you're not, you know, selling sunglasses online, if you're offering, you know, local mortgage services, or if you're a plumber, or if you're a, you know, local artist, those things, you know, that's Google, basically Google and people like to choose someone local when they're looking for a local service to be provided. And so the profile itself is not really the most complicated work to do, but a lot of people kind of sleep on it because it's boring. It's not fun to go on and jockey around with the settings on your Google business profile. What does that mean though, to have activity in your profiles? I mean, having a picture, name complete, address, phone number, the review piece obviously, but is there, a, is there more to it than that? Or is it you just want to have a complete profile? There's a little bit more to it, but not a lot. And I want to say that because this concept of, you know, hiring a company to just manage that, there's a lot of that online, you know, uh -huh. give us a hundred dollars. We'll optimize your Google business profiles. Truthfully, what that means most of the time is fill it all the way up, like go yeah. in and fill everything out, fill out every detail. If you're LGBTQ friendly or you are veteran owned, or you have hours that are different, you know, just making sure to take that time and go through there. Again, most people kind of drop off, but yes, you're right. The things that can be updated or that can be really, you know, brought more attention to are things like the photos that you use. If it's just like kind of an out of focus photo and there's one and then there's nothing else, it's hard for people to want to choose that. Yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're also on your Google business profile, you might've noticed the last few years that they've made it very easy to publish content directly on that profile, just like a Facebook feed or an Instagram feed. Okay. And it's kind of like a mini blog and it's maybe a catch 22, you know, people tend to end this, the search that they're making for some services locally at Google's, 
profile for the business because they don't need to learn the whole history of the company. They just need something kind of quick or they just need a, uh, they've already kind of ended their search. They're looking for just to how to get in touch with the right person. So that content on that profile makes a big difference. And on top of that, that's a very intentional by Google. They would love it if nobody ever left Google to go to somebody's website or go to some other network. So it's a, it's a big deal. It makes a big difference. The profile. That's a good learning. Yeah. What do you think the best type of businesses are for using your service? Is there certain businesses that you target, I guess I should say? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I personally love working with all different kinds of small businesses in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've worked with folks that do domestic violence education. I've worked with folks that are painters, artists. I've worked with plenty of folks that do business services. The split, I should just say, the people that tend to hire Thrive the most and get the most from it consistently is definitely like well over half in the home services industry. So yep. painters, plumbers, landscapers, HVAC. We're just a very competitive job management software and marketing company in that space. The business services like, you know, small accountants, bookkeepers, small legal firms, things like that. We work with a lot of them. And then really that's been growing quite a bit is the wellness space for us. We work a lot with small chiropractors or maybe like a, again, like a smaller local dentist office, personal trainers, yoga teachers, things like that. So. You know, we can work with, we're not industry specific, so we can work with a broad range, but those would be the three sort of big categories that we kind of fit into the most. Love it. Yeah. I did see on the website, yeah, that there, it looked like there was specific software to those type of industries, but I don't know how that works. Like I see like a landscaping software or a roofer software, but it's basically just kind of tailoring the software that you already have to those, to those industries, not specific, maybe software designed for them. Do how does that like, work? We do have like micro centers built into our platform that are that kind of cluster around some of these most popular services that people offer when we work with them. And I'll say this is one of the things that I really like about Thrive is that, you know, the model for SaaS for software for small businesses is often a big long sales process. And then there's, you know, an onboarding call and then it's kind of like, well, good luck to you. Or it's free and you get in there and you kind of like click around a little bit and then people hound you to see if you want to upgrade. Thrive's model is really built around taking a business owner literally every step of the way. We have a ton of hands-on work that happens. Most of the work that I do is in this space. It's 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 mostly an advisory role, helping people put to use all these tools very well. So everything from like taking paper invoices and scanning them and helping like upload client information for folks that have never really done this before to folks, you know, building the right lyrics for their review request or search engine optimization keyword research. So it's very, very hands-on. And although we don't make an industry-specific product, it does get really, really heavily customized along the way for each industry. Yep. Yeah. What's the best way to contact you or find more information on Thrive? Uh, best way to contact me is just to get in touch. I'm very good on email. Classic. Uh, <laughs> Robinson at Thrive.com, spelled kind of funny, like a startup, T-H-R-Y-B. And I really encourage folks to, to come check out Thrive's website. There's a lot on there. And, and if you see what you like, give, give a, a shout to your local rep. We tend to have a lot more detail on how to put it in use in a local market. So, yeah. And I'll be sure to share that info too. But I also want to talk about how you ended up at Thrive because you've been at Thrive for a little bit, but obviously there's a whole story of Jake Robinson before getting to Thrive. What kind of led you to Thrive? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's a good question because it really is a real turn that I took from my last career, which was really, I spent almost my entire life, uh, my career in specialty food, specifically coffee roasting companies. 
Uh, and that's something I love doing. It's kind of where I fell in love with small business, small local business. Yep. Um, and that's people really inherently like the idea that the food or the coffee or the beer they drink is made in the area that they're from. It just has all this like immediate capital in people's mind when they think about what they want to choose. But no, I worked in coffee for a long time, opened up coffee shops in Boston and some roasting, and then went to work for coffee roasting brands for the second half of that span worked with some really incredible companies i'm very proud to have been a part of when specialty coffee just absolutely exploded while i was there yep. in the last 10 years yeah and you were in san francisco most recently coming back to me in the past few years correct yeah more or less yeah i've lived in san francisco for maybe six years where i met my wife and and then lived a little for like a brief minute in oregon on the way out to yep. me yeah how does one go about learning how to open up a coffee specialty shop or roaster Gosh, it's kind of the same like way it, you do anything else. Like you read enough about it to get excited, but you don't read enough to get discouraged. <laughs> yeah, It's a very, very competitive business. But, you know, these days the barriers to entry are much lower. You know, there's a lot of great ways to get beautifully grown coffee and traded ethically and be able to do that in a way that feels really well to a community around you. The best way to do it really is to, I think, is to go visit shops that you like, you know, think a little bit about what you might want to do differently or where you might want to offer it. And I think the earlier you can talk to a coffee roasting company, the better. Mm. They tend to have a lot more information on how many different cafes might use their product. So, What exactly is a coffee roaster? Coffee like, roaster. Where do they fit, fit into the overall picture? Oh my gosh, it's a huge question. But uh, coffee uh -oh. roasters, I'll keep it short. But the coffee roaster is a, uh, a food manufacturing facility in the least exciting sounding way. But yeah. they would bring in green coffee, unroasted coffee from various places all around the world. Sometimes they're an importer. Sometimes they might buy those directly with farmers. But they take the raw product and they are roasting it, cooking it, so that they can bring out flavors that taste really unique and different. And then package it and distribute it either to their own cafes or to restaurants or cafes or hotels in the area. And it really, again, it's become a just an extraordinary business the last few years. It's exploded. So there's a lot of roasters out there these days. I bet. What's the best place to get coffee from? Not necessarily a roaster, but part of the world to get the product. Oh, man, that's such a preference. It is. It really is. Yeah. I guess your preference. Is there a specific place? Yeah. Really, this is kind of a like a lame answer because it's everybody's answer if they work in coffee for long enough or many people's, but Ethiopian coffees are really just outstanding. It's the, the Dude, that's like not even coffee. on my radar. It's yeah, funny yeah. to hear that Ethiopia, you, you say it like it's, <laughs> I guess the other coffee people, it's very obvious to me. I'm like, okay, they had no clue that they even you know, exported coffee out of, out of yeah. Ethiopia. It's definitely not the biggest place that coffee comes from by any means, but, but definitely, you know, a pretty... Pretty nice, like variety of flavors of coffee that come from there, and it's you know thought to be the birthplace of coffee. So there's a lot of history. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Why'd you get out of the coffee business? Just felt like it was time. Felt like it was time. I was really enjoying the work that I was doing, and it was very, the industry was very good to me. I was very fortunate to have the experience that I did. But I really liked working with small businesses and small business owners, and I wanted to think about different ways to do that. And I didn't immediately think of uh, software marketing, but you know, very purposely took a little time away to think about just, you know, doing something different. I mean, truthfully, my, Randy, my entire career was in that same world for, you know, more than a decade. So mm -hmm. when I took some time off, it was like, this might be 
don't know. It'd be crazy not to think about something else at this point, but I, I miss it constantly. I still do a little consulting on the side, which I'm probably not supposed to admit, and, uh, and uh, work, work with people to do cool food things in my free time. Do you ever work with people that are selling coffee online? Is there a market for that? There's just an astonishing market for coffee online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I follow some people on social media and that's like what they do. They just sell coffee and they package it up and sell it online. And I'm always like, how do they even break through to people? Maybe it's something like Thrive would, would help them with, but it just seems like a, a crazy thing to just be an online coffee seller. But I guess there's that's a lot of things crazy. like that. Yeah. I mean, in the advent of the subscription model back, you know, back in the mid 2010s or whatever, that became a big deal. And a lot of coffee brands became kind of famous for offering a subscription model for coffee shipped to your house. And then really these days, I mean, the amount of money that's come into the industry, which I won't belabor because it's not a very long podcast, but um, the amount of money that's come in has changed the market so much. We've got some great resources as consumers to go drink specialty coffee. One of my favorites is a brand called Trade Coffee, like drinktrade.com, I think. Kind of like a Netflix for small coffee roasting brands. You can go subscribe or just pick up bags of lots of different roasters. And they've kind of managed the the e-commerce piece of it, which is very burdensome for a lot of small companies to have to take on. So you get to pick a certain number of coffees per, per certain amount of coffee from different roasters each month and they'll send it to you? Yeah, basically you can yeah pick up a bag or you can subscribe however often you might need some. And they, they have a very easy to use like questionnaire that's like dark, light, you know, fun, safe. You know, they try yeah. to make it pretty accessible. What a great idea. Yeah. Do they do surprise boxes. I don't you know, know. I, mean, like, I feel like that's the thing I've seen more and more. There's there's like golf clothing ones and other one, ones where you're just getting a box and you get to look forward to receiving the box every month, but you don't know exactly what's in it. They try yeah. to fit your needs, but or like, based on a questionnaire, but like you're not specifically picking out the coffee. Yeah, kind of the crate idea. Yeah, it actually kind yeah. of came around before trade, but Misto Box is a famous brand that I actually think was on Shark Tank at some point that really? kind of pioneered, or I wouldn't say pioneered, but made very popular at the time like a mix and match subscription box of, of coffee. Yeah. What a cool idea. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on, talking about yeah, Thrive, yeah. talking a little coffee with me. I'll, I'll be sure to share your information, make sure I can connect some people out there with you. I know the type of service that you provide to people that we are mutual relationships with. So I know you do a great job and I appreciate you taking the time to come talk today. Yeah, you too. And Randy, like I said, I've been itching to get, get on here and get the whole experience and I feel really honored and, and I can't wait to listen to the next ones too. Awesome. Thanks bud. We'll yeah. be in touch. Have okay. a good day. Take care. You right. too.